The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Tables, Others in Chairs here on the Mighty HTM Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Others, coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. Coming up on today's show, we've got wrestling news from both sides of the pond a bit of NXT UK, a bit of John Moxley, um, a 4,000 fan attended show here in the UK that uh, kind of flew under the radar. As well as this, we'll be revealing this week's Wanker of the Week, a review of NXT TakeOver 25, and telling you why I won't be watching WWE Super Showdown live from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia tomorrow, and why you shouldn't either. First off, it was revealed over the weekend that NXT UK will be holding their second ever network special at the end of August. NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff will take place on the 31st of August. The venue, as of recording, hasn't been announced. Uh, Fans outside of Wales, myself included, uh, looking to go to this event, might find themselves struggling for hotel accommodation. Uh, Wales are playing Ireland in Cardiff that very same day uh, at Rugby Union, which is the uh, Welsh national sport. Uh... I had a look online at prices, uh, booking.com. Uh, the cheapest hotel I could find for the day was uh, £175 and uh, £61 if you fancied slumming it in a youth hostel. Uh, NXT UK TakeOver won't be the only big wrestling show taking place on that day in the UK. Uh, if you go 150 miles east... Uh, About three hours away, in uh, London, England, New Japan will be hosting their Royal Quest show from the Copper Box. Uh, There's expected to be around a 6,000 attending crowd for that. Uh, So you'll have New Japan Royal Quest taking place at 5.30 GMT. Uh, NXT UK TakeOver, Cardiff at 8pm. Of course, rounded off by uh, AEW's All Out at 1am, Uh, live from Chicago, Illinois. A very busy day for the British wrestling community. Uh, Plenty of options for you to go to live or uh, watch online. Um, It's been later revealed that WWE were having a look at ticket sales. Uh, This is just a rumour, by the way. I don't know how accurate this is. You know what wrestling's like with rumours. Not all of them are true and to be taken with a pinch of salt. But uh, apparently, the... uh, Spies were looking at ticket sales for uh, New Japan's Royal Quest show at the Copper Box. And uh, the website that they were looking at said uh, they'd only sold 2,000 tickets. Or what this said spy failed to realise, that there was two ticket sources. They only checked one, and as of yesterday, they've sold excess of 5,000 tickets. So, along with this, and uh, booking it in Wales the same day as a... Massive rugby game between uh, two nations that love the sport. 
hotels absolutely jacked up the prices uh, in direct competition with a lot of fans that have already bought tickets for the New Japan show. It seems like uh, WWE NXT UK have dropped the ball a little bit on this one. Uh, be interesting to see when the venue is announced how ticket sales go for that one. Uh, moving on, in case you've been living under a rock, uh, John Moxley delivered an explosive interview with fellow AEW star Chris Jericho on his uh, podcast, Talk is Jericho, last week. Uh, it was a really fascinating stuff. If you've not checked it out yet, uh, I urge you to do so. Uh, highlights included Moxley, uh, obviously Dean Ambrose when he was back in the WWE, uh, revealing the biggest mistake in front of Vince McMahon he ever made, was showing he had an ounce of comedic timing. Uh, from that point on, Vince always saw him as a wacky or zany character. You remember the kind of stuff he did. Uh, Mitch, the, the potted plant, uh, acting like a crazy lunatic all the time. Well, hey, it's Dean Ambrose, I'm a wacky bastard. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the moment he wanted to leave WWE was uh, the backstage skit where he was getting shots from a doctor... Uh, that was because uh, all of the people were uh, were stinky, in a, in Vince's words. Uh, he wanted him to uh, uh, cut a promo and come out with a uh, pooper scooper. And uh, uh, to quote Vince McMahon, that's, uh, that's real good shit. That's good shit right there. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think Dean saw it that way. Uh, he flat out refused uh, to do that. Also flat out refused... Uh, to say a line which he didn't reveal on on air with Jericho about uh, Roman Reigns and uh, his leukemia. Vince wanting him to get some cheap heat by bringing up uh, a guy that was battling uh, a very real-life, life-threatening disease. Uh, Speaks uh, volume for uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Uh, I think Moxley's main gripe was uh, the micromanagement and awful creative. Uh, he also took umbrage with McMahon, obviously, wanting him to, to kind of do a work shoot type thing on, on Roman Reigns, uh, which he, he just flat out refused to do. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, Moxley isn't the only person to come out and say that he's uh, been frustrated with the creative and micromanagement at WWE. These are all the things that people like Alberto Del Rio, uh, CM Punk, and and Ryback have all said since leaving the WWE. Uh, You can have your own personal feelings towards all these individuals, but at the end of the day, this is four separate former employees that are all saying the same thing about the WWE, that that the micromanagement is getting ridiculous, the, the the creative team are, are bashing their heads against a brick wall. Creative might come up with some great ideas, and then they're all put through Vince McMahon. He's rewriting scripts. He's rewriting scripts while they're on air for Raw. Something that's on last at segment 16 is getting rewritten at the beginning of the show, two hours before. It's absolutely ridiculous environment, and uh, I don't blame people like Punk and, and Ambrose for, for leaving, to be quite honest. Um, Moxley now obviously he's under contract with AEW and uh, by the time you listen to this he could well be the IWGP US champion Uh, he's making his New uh, New Japan debut 
at uh, Rogoku Sumo Hall against Juice Robinson. Uh, that take place on Wednesday, yesterday, as you're listening to this. So, uh, yeah, he could very well be the uh, New Japan US champion by the time you're listening to this. Uh, very interested to see John Moxley in New Japan Wrestling. Uh, lots of potential great opponents there. Um, Minoru Suzuki, I'd love to see uh, John Moxley taking on Suzuki. That'd be a hell of a match. Um, close at home, back here in England, uh, last Sunday, WAW's Fightmare Free show uh, drew a near 4,000 house at Norwich City Football Club's Carrow Road Stadium. Uh, the World Association of Wrestling is owned by the Knight family, who you'll be familiar with if you watch the film Fighting With My Family. Uh, that was the biopic of uh, WWE's page. Uh, her mum and dad run the company. And uh, if I run down some of the card, you'll see it really is a a family affair somewhat. Uh, Tony Knight defeated Zack Knight uh, two falls to one to claim the WAW British heavyweight title. Uh, PJ Knight beat Dean Allmark. Uh, Mercedes Martinez uh, from uh, the Mae Young Classic beat uh, Soraya Knight. For the Bellatrix World Championship. Uh, Ricky Knight Jr. defeated Roy Knight. To uh, capture the WAW Undisputed World Championship. Um, There's more Knights here than King Arthur's Camelot. Uh, Other notable names that uh, probably helped draw such a huge crowd. uh, Luke Hawks defeated Cody Hall and Hardcore Holly. Uh, Mick Foley was in attendance. He was a, a special guest. Referee between uh, Dale Broughton and Demolition Davis. Uh, the NWA title was defended by Norwich's own Nick Aldis, who beat Brad Slayer. And the, uh, the main event saw Grant Holt, a uh, former professional footballer with Norwich City. Uh, he teamed up with, here's some blast from the past, Rene Dupree and uh, Billy Gunn, who beat... Cos Industries. Uh, for those of you in America that don't know, Grant Holt, Norwich City football legend. Uh, it was held in Norwich. They were very much catering to that audience. Uh, if there was an American equivalent, I guess it'd be a bit like Tom Brady wrestling on a card at the Gillette Stadium. Uh, a real attraction match that was undoubtedly a, a huge factor in the large house. Uh, ben Corrigan, who uh, was on last week's AEW Roundtable show, uh, he was in attendance, uh, said there was probably a bit too many matches and, and too many wrestlers on the actual show, but uh, the stuff that worked was a huge hit, uh, the crowd really, really into it all. Uh, it was the Knight family's WrestleMania of sorts, uh, a big success, so much in fact, that they'll be running Fright- Fightmare for from Carroll Road Stadium again next year. Uh, We're going to take a short break. When we return, we're going to do Wanker of the Week. Yo, this is the independent David Starr, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Yo, this is Haskins, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. What's up, guys? This is the Aerial Assassin, Will Ospreay, and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. 
I'm Sammy Callahan, and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs on the HTM Network. Welcome back. It's now time for this week's Wanker of the Week. This week's coveted Wanker of the Week award goes to Anne Widdecombe. Anne is a member of European Parliament for the Brexit Party, uh, alarm bells ringing already, who fought at the beginning of LGBTQ Pride Month. Uh, It would be a cracking idea to say, and I quote, science may produce an answer to homosexuality. Good, huh? Cure cancer, cure gayness. Like it's some sort of disease. The marvels of modern medicine, eh? The 71-year-old geriatric bitch was pulled up by an interviewer on a 2012 article in which Widdicombe defended gay conversion therapy, saying the homosexual lobby was stopping people who were gay who wanted to turn straight from doing so. Her views on gay rights are pretty obvious when you read how she's voted in Parliament on various social issues. Uh, 13 votes against and 4 absences on gay rights. Uh, She was probably trying to do some of the older conversion therapy on those 4 absences. Uh, Never voted in favour of gay marriage. In 2009, she voted 3 times against laws to promote equality and human rights. Because fuck the LGBTQ being treated like actual humans, eh? Uh, Anne Widdicombe, you are a vile archaic, hate-filled woman. Uh, I've got many friends in the LGBTQ community. They're all great people. I have no idea um, what difference to you, whose bed they want to be in, or, heaven forbid, raise a family with. Uh, Get on your broomstick and fuck off with your bigoted views. Uh, Hopefully the friends of Dorothy will squash you with a falling house. And Widdicombe, you are this week's Wanker of the Week. When we return, NXT TakeOver 25 review. What up, fam? This is LP live at your call. You are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Too sweet. Hello, this is the future Prime Minister of Great Britain, Zack Sabre Jr., and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Welcome back. Uh, We're going to switch gears and talk about NXT TakeOver 25, which uh, took place in Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, last Sunday. Uh, Before we get into the actual card, it was quite notable that uh, it wasn't a sellout. There was a few empty seats, and uh, during the actual matches, the arena was blacked out. They just had a lighting on the ring. The rest of the uh, arena was uh, completely dark. Uh, it's unusual, as uh, TakeOver is usually a really hot ticket uh, for most diehard WWE fans. Uh, NXT seen as the premier brand, uh, with your likes of Adam Cole, uh, Matt Riddle, uh, Red Dragon and the sort. Uh, whether this has anything to do with AEW remains to be seen. Uh, people seem to be thinking that uh, AEW is NXT's uh, direct competition. Uh, I think this is likely because AEW will be airing on TNT in America on the Wednesday, which is, of course, the same day NXT airs on the WWE Network. 
I don't see AEW and NXT as competition personally. Uh, they're both wrestling companies aimed at smart fans that might be uh, airing on the same day. But uh, I think as far as things go, that's it. Uh, I don't see why it has to be one or the other as far as fans go. Uh, it's a strange analogy. Sometimes I have a Coke and uh, other days I have a Pepsi. Uh, AEW picked up a lot of buzz with Double or Nothing, and and rightly so, it was a a very fun pay-per-view. But uh, I still think NXT and WWE, as a whole, aren't in direct competition, not yet anyway, with AEW. AEW, obviously, they've got off to a a, a fast start, but AEW just need to establish their own brand and, and not worry about WWE, just worry about putting out great content, uh, the first pay-per-view knocked it out of the park. I'm really looking forward to uh, All Out at the end of August. I think that's going to be a tremendous show. Um, main roster WWE caters to family and casual fans. AEW caters to the indie pro wrestling fans. Uh, I think NXT is kind of that middle ground. Um, anyway, enough of my waffling. Let's get into uh, TakeOver 25. The first match was uh, Matthew Riddle. Britain's own Matthew Riddle uh, versus Roderick Strong. Uh, a very face-paced opener. Uh, Indie-rific, so to speak. Uh, you really had to catch your breath with some of the action in this match. Uh, Matt Riddle picking up the win with a, a champagne tombstone. Uh, a real solid opener. Uh, Roderick Strong throughout the whole match was uh, focusing his offence on Matt Riddle's back. Uh, A bad start from the uh, undisputed era. Uh, Going back to what I was saying about uh, AEW and NXT being in competition, there was a little bit of a comment at the start before the first match from, uh, I think it was Nigel McGuinness, who uh, said that NXT was the, and I quote, one true alternative in sports entertainment. So, uh, if you're one of these people that sees AEW and NXT slash the WWE uh, having a, 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 I don't know, war, the only way I can really sum it up, then, uh, yeah, Nigel McGuinness definitely selling, uh, selling AEW's first show there. Uh, next up was a ladder match for the vacant NXT Tag Team titles, which saw the Street Profits taking on Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus the Undisputed Era versus the Forgotten Sons. Um, if you love ladder matches and love crazy bumps, then this is the match for you. Uh there was uh, some sickening ladder spots. Most of them taken by the undisputed era's Kyle O'Reilly, whose uh, back was an absolute mess at the end of this match. Um, I'm probably going to get slaughtered for this, but Maro Ronaldo during this match was just too much for me. Um, I've got a lot of respect for the guy, but dude, tone it down. He was absolutely screaming during this match and just coming up with nonsense that he wasn't even really thinking through. I think there was one spot where there was like, um, I think I want to say that it was the Street Profits 
squashed somebody with two ladders and he called it a con ladder toe and realised halfway through that he was just chatting unfathomable bollocks. Like I say, I admire uh, Mauro Ronaldo's passion. You can tell that he absolutely cares about the product, but dude, just tone it down a notch. Like, you're at level 12. Take it down to 8. Jesus. Anyway, getting back to the match, the artist formerly known as Gunner came down to the ring to help his uh, forgotten son, Brethren. Uh, and all three teams had to take him out together. Uh, Undisputed Era, uh, Lorcan and Birch and the Street Profits ganging up on him. They all had a massive ladder, ladder and uh, were beating him down repeatedly, smashing him over the back with it. That was a pretty cool spot. Uh, somewhat of a shock result, the Street Profits ended up picking up the win. Uh, Montez Ford, who I think is absolutely phenomenal, uh, leaping from the top rope onto the top of another ladder, uh, pushing off one of the Forgotten Sons. Uh, I don't know which one, as they're both so forgettable. And uh, yeah, the Street Profits are the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, a really fun match. I'm not a huge fan of the Street Profits. I think that um, Montez Ford is absolutely great. Uh, Dawkins really is the Janetti of the group. Uh, the live crowd seemed to like it. Massive reaction for the uh, Street Profits when they won. Uh, Undisputed Aura, not and two. Not a good night for the Undisputed Era thus far. Uh, next up, the North American Championship match between the Velveteen Dream and Tyler Breeze. Yep, it's the uh, match of the two Spider-Mans pointing to each other meme. Uh, two of the most egotistical and over-the-top characters NXT has ever produced. Uh, to me, it looked like Dream was acting very heelish throughout this. Uh, the stupid Bridgeport crowd who were cheering uh, Roddy Strong in the opener. An undisputed era in the ladder match, unsurprisingly, behind the uh, heelish Dream. Uh, Dream took a selfie with Tyler Breeze's phone uh, and the, uh, with himself and the title after uh, smashing Breeze's head on the announce desk a couple of times, which uh, I thought was pretty funny. Uh, I don't know when it happened, but uh, I think during the match, uh, Breeze got injured. There seemed to be blood trickling from his ear. ear and uh, apparently, he uh, he wrestled uh, most of the match with uh, a burst eardrum. Uh, eardrum's uh, very important, obviously, for, for balance. I believe he was suffering from vertigo through a lot of the match, which is, is why the match quality of this wasn't quite up to standard. Um, I give... Tyler Breeze, all the credit in the world for actually finishing this match. Um, there's a couple of near falls in it. Uh, Breeze with an unprettier and a beauty shot for a, a two count. The uh, finish came when Dream grabbed the title from the outside. Uh, Breeze taking it off. Uh, him and the referee kind of got distracted. Uh, Breeze looking a bit of a chump. He got caught in a Death Valley driver. Uh Velveteen Dream hit a purple Rainmaker for the 1-2-3, uh, retaining his uh, North American Championship. Uh, at the end of the match, there was this weird kind of respect spot where Velveteen Dream kind of stole Breeze's phone and 
offered a selfie and all the fans were chanting selfie and they took a selfie together, which I found really weird and bizarre. But, you know, the two strange characters, I suppose it's a Breeze's way maybe of passing the torch. I don't know if Breeze is in NXT permanently or if he was just drafted in to cover for the injured. Donovan Dijak, who was supposed to be a... Velveteen's Dream's original opponent in this match. Next up, it was Shayna Baszler defending her NXT Women's Championship against Io Shirai. Uh, Io Shirai came out house on fire, and then Baszler managed to uh, dominate fairly early, uh, working on the arm. Um, Io Shirai managed to hit a 619 and a springboard dropkick off the top rope for a near fall. Later on in the match, Candice LeRae came down to the ring to uh, stop uh, Shayna Baszler's little friends, uh, the other two horsewomen, from interfering in the match. Uh, they made their way down to the ring and uh, Candice following suit with a huge kendo stick. Uh, kendo stick actually looked bigger than she was. And uh, she proceeded to beat the living shit out of both of them, uh, chasing them both off to the back. Uh, this didn't really have any bearing on the match whatsoever. Uh, Shayna Baszler managed to lock in the clutch, uh, which uh, Ayashire reversed into a cover for a, a near fall. Uh, she managed to get the submission move back onto her and eventually tapped out uh, fairly clean, it has to be said, uh, to Shayna Baszler. Uh, Baszler retaining her NXT Women's Championship. Uh, at the end of the match, Io uh, Shirai kind of snapped, uh, got the kendo stick that was still at ringside, and uh, really lay a beating onto Shayna Baszler uh, with the uh, Bridgeport fans chanting, You deserve it, uh, which shows what a bunch of fucking idiots they really are as... Shayna kind of won that match clean. She she didn't really do anything heelish. In fact, if anyone's being the heel here, it's it's kind of Io Shirai who who lost clean, didn't take it very well, and and proceeded to to beat the ever loving piss out of Shayna. Uh, it was a good match. Uh, although I will say, and this is nothing against Shayna Baszler, who I think's a, a, a great wrestler. I'm getting really bored of her being NXT Women's Champion now. Uh, there's nobody left for her to beat. She's beaten everybody. She's beaten uh, Bianca Belair. She's beat Mia Yim. Uh, who's left for her to beat? She's beaten Carrie Sane. Uh, she's now beaten Io Shirai. I suppose there's only really Candice that's left. Uh, maybe they're waiting for Dakota Kai to be cleared uh, for ringside at, for re, uh, ring action. Uh, obviously, she's been out with an injury for a while. I think the original plan was going to be uh, Dakota defeating Shayna Baszler, but she's she's a great wrestler and everything. I'm just bored. She's ready for the main roster now, but I guess that they need that star power and somebody to hold the belt. And Shayna's that woman at the minute. She's absolutely untouchable. As far as the uh, NXT women's division goes. Uh, final match of the night. The main event seen uh, Johnny Gargano defend the NXT championship against Adam Cole Bebe. 
And uh, again, the Bridgeport crowd really acting like a bunch of smarmy dicks. Uh, lovable white meat baby face, uh, Johnny Gargano getting booed. And a uh, smarmy dick, Adam Cole getting the cheers. Uh, I don't know if these two are good personal friends with the Young Bucks. I uh, know that Adam Cole obviously worked with them a lot in Ring of Honor and New Japan. Uh, I think by the number of super kicks that both of these guys threw in this match, I think I've roughly counted about 27. That uh, Obviously a bit of a shout-out to the Bucks. Um, it was your usual indie-rific uh, match. Lots of near-falls. Uh, lots of crazy spots. Uh, Adam Cole busted out the Panama Sunrise a few times. Um, yeah, it was a great match. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think what really stands out was uh, apparently the match was 31 minutes long and, and it didn't feel like a long match, so that's always a good sign. Um, what I was really not impressed with and I've not liked it for a while now, is, is Johnny Gargano's selling. He only really knows how to say sell one way, and that's kind of like a groggy, despondent drunk that's uh, lost his last can of cider. He's just got that sad puppy dog face on him with kind of a, a glazed-over look in his face. And, yeah, it's... <laughs> He only sells one way, and it's really annoying because Gargano's absolutely fantastic. So is Adam Cole, for, for that matter. And there's no doubt if both of these guys were over £200 and over six foot, they'd already be on the main roster by now. Uh, a really great match, which uh, finished with Adam Cole hitting a Panama Sunrise and the last shot to the back of Gargano's head. Picking up the one, two, three, and becoming the new NXT champion, uh, Johnny Gargano becoming Johnny Failure once again, like the North American title he held before. Didn't even manage to defend it once. Uh, I think some people are comparing him to Sasha Banks on the main roster, uh, wins the title, then loses it immediately. <laughs> as, a, as far as TakeOver 25 goes as a whole, I think it was good. It wasn't blow away. It wasn't the best takeover I've ever seen. But as with NXT, as with the black and gold brand, you're never going to get a bad event. Uh, I thought that this event was great. Uh, if you're into your, your demolition derby type matches, you had your ladder match uh, up in the second spot. Uh, the opening match between uh, Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong was a great wrestling match. If you're into your characters more than your actual moves, uh, you had Velveteen Dream and Tyler Bate. Uh, Tyler Bate? What the hell am I on? Uh, Tyler Breeze, uh, two of the best, uh, most outlandish characters, certainly uh, on the NXT brand. Uh, I hope that Tyler Breeze stays around in uh, NXT because he was completely misused. On the main roster, the guy's absolutely over as uh, far as the full-sale crowd go. Um, both title matches were fine wrestling matches as well. Uh, plenty of drama, plenty of near-falls. Uh, yeah, it, it was... Again, I'll say it wasn't the best NXT takeover uh, I've ever seen, but uh, it's certainly one that uh, 
you don't have to avoid. Um, speaking of avoiding, uh, when we come back, I will be telling you why you should be avoiding at all costs uh, WWE Super Showdown, which is airing tomorrow, live from Saudi Arabia. I'll say Saudi Arabia, seen as WWE. Never seem to mention that on their television uh, programming. And uh, I'll tell you why they don't when we come back. Hey guys, Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here, and you're listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. And welcome back to the show. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here on tables, others and chairs with a brief little discussion about tomorrow's show. That's WWE Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. Uh, a show that's been getting a lot of criticism from all quarters. Uh, let me first of all start this off by saying uh, I know people that work for the WWE, both uh, backstage and in-ring, and uh, they're good people. Uh, my issue here isn't with them, it's uh, with the McMahon family, and uh, my issue also, it is not with the people of Saudi Arabia, it's with the royal family of Saudi Arabia. Um, a little background, uh, the WWE signed a 10-year deal with the uh, royal family of Saudi Arabia, uh, just before the Crown Jewel event, I believe it was, uh, there was an incident. Sorry about that. Always one clever dickhead in a uh, car. Uh, there was an incident, an international incident at that, uh, regarding a uh, gentleman that went into the Turkish embassy uh, in Saudi Arabia. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't come out alive. Um, he was uh, beheaded. Uh, dismembered and his uh, body was thrown into a vat of acid uh, these were the findings of the uh, CIA uh, in America and uh, it was found that this was all under the orders of the Saudi royal family who are uh, pretty much untouchable uh, the 10 year deal that the WWE has signed there are no official figures for uh, how much they're getting paid for this 10 year deal but it's believed to be around 30 to 40 million a year. Uh, so if you take that over uh, the 10 year period, uh, they're going to be raking in close to uh, half a billion dollars for this deal. So obviously, to the McMahons, the uh, Saudi deal is worth a lot of money. Uh, the problem being that this is all uh, quite blatantly a propaganda exercise for the Saudi royal family uh, they want to see as a progressive nation uh, which could be nothing further from the truth um, just because they've suddenly allowed women to drive cars uh, doesn't mean that they're getting into the 21st century uh, if you look at some of the laws in Saudi Arabia uh, which I will go through right now um you're not allowed to practice any other religion apart from Islam. Uh, otherwise, there will be uh, an execution. Uh, 
petty thievery, i.e. shoplifting, is uh, punishable by uh, the removal of hands. Uh, women are to be escorted everywhere by men. Uh, they're not allowed out on their own. Uh, that is punishable by prison. Uh, women are also, they have to be covered from head to toe. Uh, no skin is allowed to be shown. Uh, here's an interesting one for you. In 2015, the Saudi royal family thought about applying to host the Olympics as a, a nice little propaganda uh, campaign for themselves. Um, they went to the IOC, International Olympic Committee, and uh, they said they wanted to host the Olympics, but they didn't want any women to be involved because of their, <clears throat> quote, conservative culture, unquote, being homosexual is punishment by death in Saudi Arabia. Uh, drinking alcohol is punishment by death in Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah, this really sounds like a really, uh, really progressive nation here. Um, again, this is no uh, besmirchment to the people of Saudi Arabia. If anything, these are the poor souls that are being oppressed uh, by the Saudi royal family. Uh Another piece that I find absolutely baffling is uh, Sami Zayn, despite being Canadian, uh, isn't allowed to go to Saudi Arabia because of his uh, Syrian heritage. Uh, if you don't know, uh, the Syrians and Saudis, not the best of friends, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, no women are allowed to perform at these WWE events over the next 10 years. Uh, obviously, can't have women showing skin at uh, a WWE event. Uh, that's absolutely outrageous behaviour. God, can you imagine if they were there, like, when it was Trish Stratus and Sable in Brabham County's matches? Good grief. Uh, what else? Yeah, uh, I, I think that... It shows a measure of how much the McMahon family are desperate for this money. That um, the adverts that are, are promoting this event that airs tomorrow uh, are saying uh, equivalent to or greater than WrestleMania. WrestleMania is Vince McMahon's baby. WrestleMania is the granddaddy of them all. And, and just because Vince McMahon has been given a large sum of money, uh, he's willing to dance to the Saudis' tune. Um, they've got an awful record with civil rights, human rights. I just can't see the point of, of anybody watching this show. Uh, I implore all of you tomorrow. It's a glorified house show anyway. Nothing's going to happen on it. I mean, Triple H versus Randy Orton. I mean... Haven't we seen that enough? Goldberg and The Undertaker. Goldberg, in fact. A Jewish man taking on the personification of death in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to go. I won't be watching tomorrow. And I implore all of you out there to boycott this. It's an absolute sham. Uh, kudos to Kevin Owens for sticking up for his friend Sami Zayn and not going. Uh, you watch him eat a shit sandwich for refusing to go. Uh, let's see how uh, Kevin Owens is booked over the next few weeks for refusing to go to Saudi Arabia. Um, they're not mans. They're, they're just vile people, really. All they're interested in money. Uh, the Saudi family are 
pretty evil, throwing their money about just for propaganda purposes. Just, just don't watch tomorrow's show, guys. There's absolutely no point. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to be having a mailbag show. So, uh, if you want to get involved, put your questions towards me. Uh, it can be about absolutely anything. If you want to talk about WWE, uh, AEW, if you want to talk about the American indie scene, uh, the British indie scene, old school WWF, WCW, absolutely anything to do with wrestling, uh, two ways you can get in touch. Uh, via Twitter, uh, that's at Others Chairs. Or uh, via, the face, uh, via the Facebook messaging group, uh, that's Tables, Others and Chairs message board. Uh, search for it on uh, Facebook if you're not a member yet. Search for it and I will add you to the group. Ask your questions. It can be about anything. I want you guys to shape the show. Uh, I want your questions and thoughts to be aired. Uh, that about wraps it up for this week uh, again. Be sure to subscribe to HDM Podcast Network. All the great shows. Uh, PW Hustle. Good to have you guys back. Uh, Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, Wrestle Podcast with Robin Nelson. And the uh, Podfathers of the network. HDM Sports and HDM Wrestling with Jargo and RBV. Uh, that's about it. Mailbag next week. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend, and I will catch you next week. Sarah.